we're just left fucked ah, the up. outro that I wrote that we should do yeah, was no. left this anarchist of Berlin. We are not mm. We're not gonna survive this Lona. Like the world is going to a very fast while and end with uh, big uh, riots everywhere. Revolution, they will call it in the beginning until it just breaks down the modern uh, infrastructure and we all head down with face fast highway to hell. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, that's when it will be true anarchy, when nature shows that the uh, rules uh, in the end it's just nature rules. Rules? The nature the rules, then it's no anarchy. No, nature rules. If it impl implements rules, it's no anarchy. I thought that was the definition, no leaders, no rules. Yeah, so but then we like kind of are trapped in uh, by this fascist nature uh, system, the nature system always being over us, always like, oh, fuck, I have to go and take a shit right now. And that made uh, the whole life change direction in that moment. Fuck, nature will always be above us. Nature will always like take away that possibility of being a true anarchist, I guess. For us experiencing nature, we might experience the anarchy of nature when it's a big uh, tornado or earthquake or the volcano just ends our life in a very hot way. I wouldn't say that's anarchy. That's just how nature works. Okay, so what is anarchy then? I mean, I, I also wanted to say Berlin anarchists. When we are talking about our experience in Berlin with the anarchist, we are not really talking about the anarchist that I can that I can think is anarchists. Not your anarchist friends you talk about. That's, that's the thing, it's much easier to like accept your friends as being so cool as you want to believe they are. Then, uh, I mean, uh, we were not really in the anarchist scene. That's what I want to say in Berlin, because we were more talking about the political Because we like freedom. Scene. We like to be free. We like to do stuff without getting judged too much about it. And we found out really fast in the anarchist scene that that was difficult. Because we had to kind of like follow some kind of idea about what anarchy was to somehow be accepted there. And since we just wanted to get orgasms and have fun with sex to save nature, we all didn't all the time say the thing that was exactly the, what Again, we should say then. that was the political anarchist scene. Yeah, so, so what is anarchy? I guess we will find out in this show when we will talk to Logan Maria Glitterbomb. So in a world where passive aggression, like that was part of the punk rock movement, like fuck you motherfucker, like I know was kind of part of the attitude. We are moving into a society where people are more and more sensitive with their emotions, like feel fast or offended or feel like, oh, you don't respect me. Why do you talk so bad, hard to me? Why don't you accept me? Because or you're stupid, because you're full of shit. And you're not allowed to say that anymore. They feel hurt, Tommy. They feel like they get stabbed with knives in their heart. Yeah, then I wanted to go over to our next guest, uh, Logan Maria Glitterbomb. That is a trannerkist. Uh, that means, uh, yeah, I don't know. She has to explain herself. Uh, we just want to say that uh, if you listen to this now, you should check out her Twitter profile because she needs your help after uh, being uh, threatened uh, by wearing a Black Lives Matter uh, mouth protection and ended up... Putting a gun against uh, the people that wanted to beat her up, and now uh, is uh, charged with kind of like uh, I don't know uh, assault with weapon. I don't know really what she's charged with because I thought in America, if you legally could wear a gun, you could have a gun for protection in situations like this. Uh, yeah, so then I have to go back to our like we are kind of fragile and innocent Scandinavians, and we don't have 
guns so often there. So the only thing we have to do have in a situation is to say fuck you. And well, I don't want to lose that little possibility to express myself when I do find people annoying because this political idea about respecting each other have grown faster than the evolution of the human consciousness that would make people say things that was less annoying so you just just have to not have to say uh, can you shut up you're stupid and hurt those people's emotions but okay anarchy is it about being able to express yourself or is it about shutting up that's what we're trying to find out now so happy birthday to, to full chaos and full destruction of the modern society and happy birthday to all anarchists out there and happy birthday to nature that is the true anarchist even if she's not because she's following some rules and does anarchy have rules or not i don't know let's find out let's find out happy birthday everyone it's your birthday Happy birthday, it's your birthday, happy birthday, it's a great day, that's what we say, happy Hopefully everyone's doing well today. Well, that's my day is um, slightly bipolar, so it goes up and down many times during a day. If it's, I usually wake up with a scream and uh, with terror, and then I have to kind of deal with it uh, slowly when the day is like passing. <laughs> Sometimes I'm able to get up to slightly good mood, um, something I'm okay now, I think. And you? I'm doing all right. It's been kind of a slow morning, but slow start to the day, but had a, you know, long night last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Dealing with a lot on my end recently, but getting through it and living life. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we try to do also. We're kind of isolated here in the in a small mountain town here in Mexico. So uh, that's uh, kind of forcing us to be creative, actually, something that is uh, is good for us uh, anyway. So uh, where, where are you right now? Um, I'm in Florida as of right now. Exactly. Well, uh, taking a break from getting hit by all the hurricanes in Louisiana. Really? It's, <laughs> it's hurricanes there now? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've still got hurricanes coming through in Florida, too, but not nearly as much as Louisiana. And in Louisiana, I was out living in a tent and in the middle of the woods and fixing up a piece of land out there, cultivating it that's been abandoned since Katrina. But uh, now I'm now I'm over at a friend's house riding out hurricanes for a while. Okay, <laughs> stay safe. So then first, um, happy birthday. And welcome to the birthday show. It's the Bipolar Circle sending, and uh, today it's your birthday. It is the 16th of December. Happy birthday! It's the birthday of Ludwig von Beethoven, German composer. Jean Austen, English novelist. Arthur C. Clarke, sci-fi novelist. And in 1913, Charlie Chaplin begins his film career on this day. 1997, the U.S. President Bill Clinton named his Labrador Retriever Buddy. Happy birthday! Can you please introduce yourself? 
Um, my name is Logan Marie Glitterbaum, and I am a fellow and writer and journalist with the Center for Stateless Society, among other things. Um, but that's probably what I'm most well known for outside of my anarchist organizing in general. You call yourself a trannerkist. As a, what's a trannerkist? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm a trans woman, and I'm an anarchist. So what do you put in the word? Because now I see, like, uh, many people are kind of confused about what's happening in America with the election and the, the anarchist movement or the, the Antifa getting a lot of uh, criticism for being too violent. And is this uh, anarchy, has that, is it something to do with destruction or destroying the society? Or why is, uh, why is these people using anarchy? I'd say it's, I mean, destruction is a part of it, not in necessarily a violent sense, but in the sense of, you know, destroying what currently exists to build something better, to replace it with something better. So um, a term that a lot of folks within the industrial workers of the world use, which I am a part of, is uh, creating a new world in the shell of the old. So it's about building up mutual aid structures and dual power structures to slowly replace the state and uh, and capitalism. It's destruction through replacement. The replace with what? I'm sorry. Replace with what? Um, with you know more horizontal, directly democratic structures. With you know things like uh, common property, workers co-ops. Um, you know, just different things like that, mutual aid projects being a big basis for how we kind of take care of people and, and the society and a lot of anarchists strive for gift economies and things like that as well as just a means to kind of relate with each other. So you shouldn't be afraid. No, we're not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm a little bit confused because I, when I was a kid, it can be that it was my childish relationship to anarchy, but I always was like, there's, there's no rulers, no control, no government. It was kind of like the basic ideas I had about anarchy when I grew up. And then I seen that uh, I was joking about it when actually I wrote a poem about it when I was like 16 or something about about how funny or weird I found it that anarchists use politic or many times used anarchy in a political agenda. Something I'm like wondering if you if you want to get through a, a democratic society, isn't that still like someone ruling someone else? Um, well, it depends on what you mean by democracy. If we're talking about democracy in its current form as in the US as representational democracy, then absolutely that is a form of authoritarianism that we do not promote or you know wish to abide by. Um, instead, we wish to see workplaces and individual groups work through consensus democracy, as it's called. Um, and, and some anarchists do have some aversion to the word democracy in general for the associations that it has of representative democracy or even majority rule in the sense of like direct democracy. But a lot of anarchists still try to achieve consensus in decision making. And that 
is seen by some as a form of direct democracy. So it's it's kind of a semantical battle. Exactly, because I... I'm afraid of the judgment I felt uh, sometimes in the political scene. Uh, I was living in Berlin for about uh, 15 years almost. Uh, okay, 10 years we were living in Berlin. And uh, the political scene has a very big relationship to the word anarchy. But because we work with pornography, for example, uh, we felt some kind of stigmatization about not following the rules in the right way. And since I felt related to the word anarchy and not following the rules and had kind of like a punk rock upbringing, it was a big conflict for me to feel welcome in that kind of scene or the anarchistic movement that somehow put too much politic into it. And now you, I read that you also do pornography, um, I mean, I have. I definitely, you know, done sex work in various forms as mostly as a means of survival, but also, I mean, self-expression is a part of it as well. Um, my late partner actually uh, co-founded the Sex Worker Solidarity Network. And so I also help out with a lot of sex worker rights activism as well when I can, and it's definitely a very important topic to me. And you don't feel any kind of judgment in the scene or something like that? I mean, you'll always have anti-sex worker people, but by and large, the anarchist scene is good about kind of driving out bigotry from the scene, and anti-sex work bigotry is a form of bigotry. I mean, it's... It, it's literally discriminating against workers based on the fact that you don't like their job, which is kind of silly. Yeah, but many of these people would probably prefer uh, sex work getting criminalized. Uh, many times this is people fighting for their own freedoms or fighting for freedoms they believe in would still want to stigmatize sex workers, for example. Something I experienced a lot in, in Berlin, not just with Fuck for Forest, but with a other friends of me that was prostitutes in the scene that got kind of a bad vibe from the people of not fitting in their political correctness idea about what women are supposed to do with their body or what a man is supposed to do with their body or not listening to the person making some kind of political agenda about it and then suddenly where is the understanding or empathy with the people then? I mean, if anything, sex workers tend to be more radical than a lot of other workers in society because of how marginalized they are, even by worker movements. You know, these are people that have direct experience with patriarchy, that have direct experience with abuse as workers, especially if you're talking about full service sex workers and escorts. Like, these are people who are often, you know, subjected to violence that they can't turn to the police or the state for help when they face that because their very job is illegal. And so these types of workers end up with an inherent distrust of cops and of the state as is. And that's something that when organizing you know, when organizing workers and when doing community organizing as anarchists, that is a population that really needs to be outreached to on a more regular basis. And you're starting to see that more and more in the U.S. and more and more calls, even among the mainstream and non-anarchists 
within the left and other movements calling for decriminalization of sex work, which is pretty good progress, but we have a lot, lot more to do and a lot further to go. Yeah, because you live in uh, America and there sex work is still forbidden. Is this, It's legal in uh, Las Vegas? Yes, it is. So it's one, one state it's legal. But even there, it's heavily regulated. There's a difference between legalization and decriminalization. Uh, most sex worker rights advocates in America fight for decriminalization rather than legalization because legalization comes with a ton of regulation. In Nevada, I'm not completely familiar with their laws, but from my understanding, they have to, you have to work for a brothel or a cat house. You have to work for a boss. You cannot be an independent entrepreneur and sex worker. You cannot run your stuff that way. You have to go work for someone else because that's how the industry is set up. Whereas if you decriminalize it, people can continue doing it as they're doing it now. Just they also get the protections of the state when things go wrong. They can also go, you know, be more open with their doctors and be more open with police if they wind up in a situation where they face violence or they can, you know, there's there's more resources for them in that way. And also, you know, if it's actually legalized, you might get more unions that are willing to accept and organize with sex workers as well. Because, I mean, when sex workers are able to unionize, just as when any other workers are, they have more power to determine how their work is done, you know, in the in the conditions that it's done under. And it's it's a very important thing that is often overlooked. I mean, in the US, the only union that I know of that organizes sex workers is the Industrial Workers of the World, their industrial union 690, which gotta love the joke, the little 69 <laughs> added in our in our number. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The um, message from God, I guess, that the uh, sex work should be legalized and we should uh, protect the the rights of uh, the ones working with pleasure and one of the most important energies of uh, nature that is sexuality and it needs to be taken serious. You can just not eliminate it. You can just make the conditions more difficult for the people who already work with it. And I wonder then in the anarchistic movement, uh, you're part of that. And then uh, do you have friends in the anarchistic uh, movement working especially to, to uh, make uh, keep uh, sex work uh, forbidden? Um, no, I mean, most, like I said, most anarchists are really good about educating people on sex work and sex worker rights. So you don't really find a lot of anarchists and, you know, organizers within that scene advocating against sex workers. It's not something that would be readily accepted amongst that community as far as, you know, that type of discrimination. So... It's something that definitely gets weeded out fairly easily. That doesn't mean that even when people have those political views, it doesn't mean that they've worked through all their unconscious horphobic tendencies. So you definitely have some people who 
still have hangups about, you know, sex workers. And it tends to be something that people focus on trying to work on on themselves because it's not something that's accepted. You are having the green market agorist. There is also an A in your logo. Can you tell a little bit about that? Um, so agorism is an anarchist tendency or tactic that utilizes um, counter-economics, gray and black markets and such to fight against the state and capitalism and kind of route around a lot of their rules which inhibit our freedoms. Um, so it's things like tapping into communities of sex workers, drug dealers, things like that, as far as finding the revolutionary potential in marginalized communities like that. But it's also things like, you know, the, the tradition of American tax resistance where, you know, of like war resistors and stuff who avoid war taxes or, you know, anything like that. It's, it's, unlicensed businesses and cooperatives that kind of operate on the margins of society. And the idea is that that is another way in which we can build up these dual power structures that can slowly replace the state. So it's things like food, not bombs, instead of, you know, more formal food pantries or you know, that have to have all kinds of state licensing and stuff. It's things like um, free stores. Like we run a free store in Gainesville, or we did for the longest time in Gainesville, Florida, ran a free store that happened once a month at our local anarchist info shop. We got donations. We gave everything out for free. Anybody who wanted it could take it. Anybody who wanted to donate could donate. And these type of counter-economic institutions are a wonderful expression of anarchism. And that's socialism, and no? Yeah, I mean... So socially, um, why, why does socialism own the word anarchy suddenly? That's what I try to get to. Why does the socialist political movement own a word that has, for me more about consciousness than it has to do about politics. If I'm just, oh, I, I get it in this way, and I express my feeling about that, and then I, I, I somehow uh, express my true emotions. But if people say things because they're afraid of, for example, seeing, saying the wrong thing or being not correct politically, and are then afraid of expressing themselves, something I've seen in the so-called anarchistic movement is happening, then I'm wondering, isn't it somehow abusing the word anarchy? Because I thought like anarchy is not politics, anarchy is consciousness for me. Well, anarchism as a political theory formed out of socialism. Um, there was a split in the socialist movement after the Paris Commune was established and fell apart. Um, there was a dispute over why it fell apart. Some socialists said that they needed more of a state structure and needed more centralization in order for it to be successful. And a lot of those went on, a lot of those type of folks went on to be, you know, Marxists and other things like that um, and advocate more of a state-led approach towards establishing socialism. Whereas another group 
decided, you know, thought that decentralization and less hierarchy would actually achieve the goals of socialism better. Um, because the end goal has always been a stateless, classless society. And so the, and those folks ended up deciding to call themselves anarchists. So that is kind of where it formed as a political movement was out of dispute on how to achieve socialism. Now it has evolved since then as a concept, you know, not also, not all anarchists identify as socialists, but as a political term, it formed out of the socialist movement and that's why there's a lot of commonalities between them isn't it like kind of like making like the church against churches kind of to use anarchy in any kind of political movement that it, if no, you in I the mean, end anarchy if you... is inherently political and always has been um that term formed as a term to describe a certain type of politics um, you know, the first person to call themselves an anarchist in that sense was Pierre Joseph Proudhon, who saw it as a way to for us to gain more, you know, individual control over our lives. And so, I mean, he was an advocate of, you know, abolishing the state and giving control over to cooperatives and collectives and other groups like that um now of course there's always people who will choose not to be part of any cooperatives or collectives within anarchism and that's fine too because at the end of the day freedom of association is something that anarchists greatly um value and so yeah you just it's an experimental phase i mean you kind of get to do an experiment with a lot of different economic styles, a lot of different, you know, uh, social points of view and things like that. But yeah, I mean, statelessness can take many, many, many forms and anarchism is kind of this wonderful experiment. Fuck for Forest dot org uh, our um, erotic uh, ecological project has many times by different people be called been called anarchistic uh, pornography but still we have had conflicts in the anarchistic movement no, now we lived in berlin so it's different from different places like it's different berlin anarchistic movement to the movement in america right now depending on many different things like history and what's happening right now so it's really difficult when i haven't been different places but there for example it was like a we went to a seminar called uh, how to organize anarchy something we got kind of were kind of like confused about from the beginning because we thought uh, in that moment that anarchy was for us was more about self-consciousness or self-realization than organizing people to think the similar thing about the concept of anarchy so we went there um four people uh, totally high on LSD actually so we were kind of get messed up in that situation uh, with a lot of people uh, forcing us to not uh, because we wanted to do a, um, a nude action stopping some cars we wanted to make like a car blockade then the anarchistic movement told us that we can't do that because then they will stop us something that made the whole congress break up in two parts like one part that was wondering why they wanted to beat us up because we were naked and the other part was uh, wanted to beat us up because we were naked wanted to they, they threatened leona with with violence because she was naked and uh, 
we felt in that moment that we did our anarchistic statement against anarchistic congress being up their own ass and it in the end ended up with like uh, the last day of the anarchistic congress get uh, uh, cancelled because you got too much because they got too much internal conflict inside the group about what nudity represented or not and uh, for example a lot of uh, problems with male genitals for example we had because we had two naked girls and one naked man and uh, we were having a seminar and uh, one of the uh, one woman was uh, screaming uh, uh, i don't want to see a fucking dick in my face like that but they, 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 she didn't attack the, the women that was naked and the guy felt offended and he said like Oh, so you're some kind of hardcore lesbian or what? And the whole group was like, <gasps> like everyone was like, Aah. and then I was standing, I was like, okay, what the fuck? Okay, he got provocated. But then later, people in the anarchistic uh, scene told me that uh, we should have standed up and, and, and p said like, bad boy, or we should have gone out on our website and uh, said something really like to pu put this down p person down. But I'm like, yeah, but I told, I'm not him. And then the person told me, yeah, but you have to have solidarity with the people on your group. And then I was like, what the fuck? I'm fucked. I'm full of... I really have anarchists in my group. They will never fucking listen to me. Now I'm in a situation where I get judged by the anarchistic movement for being in a group. And then I have to represent one like kind of religious meaning about this group to be taken seriously. If you're engaging with a group, it's about respect for that group. Um, now, I mean, you know, anarchists, you have the freedom of association to associate or not associate with that group. And different anarchist groups will have different views. But I mean, in terms of nudity within things, I mean, that comes down to consent, which is very, very, very important. And if people don't want to see certain things or people don't want to engage in certain things, then that's their right. And So if I don't want to see know, cars or pollution, that's my right to not see it. I'm sorry, but I'm really, I, I don't give a shit if people don't want to see me naked, if I want to be naked. If they can't deal with a naked person, sorry, then they're, in my world, they're too sensitive and need education. So well, then we have yeah, a problem, then I have a problem because I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to educate about this. How can I educate about this if I can't show what I believe in? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people still have sexual trauma. You can you can share your ideas without the need to be naked in front of people. What? I personally have no problem with nudity, but some people do because of, you know, various things in their life. Well, and I have a problem with, I got bullied at school all the time. I have a problem with bullying. Still, I believe, I still I find comedians that bully funny. I find some people that bully funny, and I do find uh, at, uh, attitude like "fuck you, motherfucker" funny sometimes. I'm a punk rocker. I like to ask people to fuck off, and sometimes I like to be naked in places where it's not um, right to be to see what people do. And if I think I've been thinking about this so many times that I'm like, yeah, but nudity. You can say that, yeah, people maybe had sexual trauma or something like that. But that's like saying like, okay, you have to forbid cars because some people had a car accident. It's like sexual trauma is not the same as someone being naked. Sexual trauma is not rape. 
Uh, no, uh, being no, naked but is it not might rape. Still conjure up certain things with people with PTSD and such. So I mean, it is something that if we so victimize care yourself, about people, and if we are empathetic towards people. Empathetic then we is also come to what about an understanding with them and and respect them. In what that about way. food? A lot of people have problems with food. Should we stop people from eating in public? Yeah, what about anorectic people have problem with the getting fucked up by the society's view on their body? Should we stop eating in front of them? Uh, like, how, how much are people allowed to victimize themselves to get other people to not be able to be free with their rights? It's like, okay, if I smoke a joint on the street, so should somebody be like, oh yeah, but I don't like to see that. I don't like drug spreading in our society. Okay, so I should respect that. Where is respect going? together with anarchy then where is my right to actually express myself if anarchy do have these rules about how to behave i mean that's not saying you can't express yourself elsewhere it's just saying that those specific people don't want to see that and out of respect and empathy for them i don't respect it haha <laughs> I don't have respect. I have empathy, but I don't have respect for stupidity. Then, then it's impossible to educate them. Then I can't educate children or adults or nothing if I have to respect all their traumas all the time. So imagine you're sitting in a park in the sun drinking a beer. An ex-alcoholic passed by. He asked you to not stop drinking your beer in public because it's offending him and it makes him trauma and he has problems with that. Or a person that have a problem, eating problems. You're sitting in the park again, drinking your beer, eating in public with your friends having fun. But it is disturbing for some people, but you can't forbid everything. We can't like- But I mean, nudity so, is- So if it. you were sitting in the park drinking a beer and eating your picnic and somebody came up to you, can you please stop drinking your beer and eating your picnic here? Would you do it? I mean, it depends, but it really depends on where I'm at, whose property it is, what rules are, you know, what rules are established by that community. What about the rules of nature? What? what about the rules of nature? I got kind of born naked. I think fashion is fake, nudity is natural. That somebody want to force yeah, me to I wear think. fashion censorship of my body. And like, okay, you don't like my body. Okay, I don't like your clothes. I don't like your style. I feel offended by the, your style. What if I would say of, be offended by you being uh, transgender? Would that, would that be okay that I'm offended by that? Because that's your right to express also. And there are people that are offended by that, you know. So it's like you do actually express something with your sexuality and your gender that do offend some people. But they offend the people you don't like, so then it's okay. But if I do offend the anarchistic scene or the political leftist scene, then I'm wrong. Well, it's not about an offending anarchists specifically. I mean, it... People have sexual trauma even outside of anarchist communities, and there are plenty of spaces. And I do think nudity should be more readily accepted and should be something that, you know, people don't get as offended by. But Shouldn't the fact is, in our current society, with the way that people have been programmed, it's something that we have to get people used to again. And we have to do it in a way that doesn't marginalize them or run them off achieve a society that we wish then we have to kind of bring people in rather than alienating them but what yeah. about offending as ever just sorry leona as like i'm still frustrated about this like because offend you say like if i offend someone i shouldn't do it but as people get offended for so many different things should it be an argument to use i got offended to make prohibition against something then you can well, make it's not that about it's not about offense in general, it's about consent. 
Yeah, but consent is like, okay, then I can't wear, if I don't want to see a slogan saying uh, whatever, political slogan, like uh, leftist rules uh, on their t-shirt or fascism uh, rules, doesn't matter, any kind of statement. Uh, if I don't want to see it, I make it forbidden. For example, fascism is great, would be forbidden, while leftist um, rules would be okay in this world of anarchy. I mean, it depends on the specific community. I know a lot of communities that would absolutely drive fascists out, you know, and, and anarchism in general is pretty anti-fascist because fascism is antithetical to but isn't anarchism. It, but if I stop someone having a t-shirt saying fascism is great, um, isn't that kind of fascistic? No. It's not. Fascism inquire, uh, I mean, fascism requires a lot more than just, you know telling someone they should, shouldn't be a fascist. Yeah, but a fascist also inquire more than just having a t-shirt. I've seen people been thrown out yeah. from punk houses in Berlin because they had the wrong band name on their t-shirt. And they're saying like, I have no political idea or interest. And they're like, yeah, but your, your band represent a fascist group. And they get thrown out from violence from a house. Do you think that will make him uh, more connected to the socialist way of thinking or do you think he might be like okay i probably belo belong to the fascist side that kind of I mean, attitude if that's all it takes for them to wonder if that's all that takes for them to veer into fascism then they probably weren't going to be anarchists in the first place. yeah but you told about empathy and understanding i'm just wondering if that exists so much in the leftist scene right now that is very judgeful on music taste or style or political ideas because sometimes I see that people are just... I that there's much judgment on music taste and style and things like that at all. Um, I mean, maybe, in, maybe it's different in Berlin, but I really don't see that. Anti-fascism is very much a thing, but that's because fascism is a direct threat to a lot of people's very existence could you just i mean please... it's steeped in it's steeped in a kind of bigotry that rejects people based on who they are i'm so confused why are so many feminists so obsessed with not shaving their vaginas or their legs when most of them are shaving their heads could you just please uh um explain what fascism is for people that don't know so trying to give a succinct definition of fascism is kind of hard because it takes many different forms. Um, Nazism being probably one that most people are most familiar with. But I mean, Italian fascism didn't necessarily take on the, the racialist elements as much, but it tends to be a form of totalitarian nationalism um, to some degree. So it's this you know, hard right kind of nationalist point of view where there's in communities and out communities and, you know, you are part of a either a national or ethnic group that is valued above others. And, you know, it could take many different forms and there's even forms of stateless fascism as they try and establish with like the you know with a lot of the national anarchist movement which most anarchists completely reject as fascist infiltration to the anarchist movement um because it's it's literally just a cover for their bigotry 
Aren't, um, aren't you all fighting each uh, it sounds like so you have infiltrators anarchists in the political scene that is fascist anarchists I mean fascists infiltrate every movement um they have infiltrated communist movements with the national bolsheviks movement they have infiltrated in America the Republican party with trumpism um you know they have you know gotten into various socialist movements with like the socialist workers party and other things that very much are just rebrandings of fascism because fascism does not have any specific economics it's about nationalism okay so uh, back to yeah so it, it, if you unify uh, a group and that group is uh, putting their finger down on other ideas or other ways of living and putting themselves higher than that and through threats or violence making their agenda grow uh, it's a type of fascism so but then i'm like okay back to the thing of uh, obscene again because i was in the anarchistic congress again i was standing because I, i probably did something over the border there then because i was standing in front of a guy uh, screaming to me that i had to get the people because i had no, i had clothes on and three of my friends were naked and uh, they were like get the, your friends to put your clothes on and i'm like yeah but they're anarchists i can't you go and tell them because if i go and tell them, they will never listen to me anyway and they're like you organize it and i'm like no i'm not i'm really not organizing it and then i asked him like if he ever was in a sauna naked with guys before And he was like, yeah, I do that all the time. And then I was like, okay, so you have no problem to see this then? And I dragged down my pants and showed my dick to him. And he was like, ah, that's too much, that's too much. What, uh, was that too much? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's a private event like that, it's different. If was it's the Anarchistic like Congress, it was not a private event. It was a Congress called How to Organize Anarchy. It was an open event in... Yes, but... Berlin. Open, I mean, private events can be open. Yeah, then they threatened me with that if we didn't put our clothes on, they will contact the Muslim community that lived in that part of the city because they said they will not like that we were naked and they will beat us up. They, uh, and then they threatened Leona and the other girl with beating them up also. like I mean, uh, So, 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 so violence is not considered offensive, but being naked is? I, I don't know. I'm confused. I'm not saying. I'm just talking about values here. How far I can go or how far I shouldn't go. And I'm like, okay, we were there naked. Okay, we were on the anarchistic congress. We uh, did uh, represent for for forest as an anarchistic uh, expression, and we felt we had to express ourselves. What we did was getting naked, and people threatened to beat us up. What's worse, being naked or getting beaten up? I mean. You definitely shouldn't be threatening people with violence over stuff like that, I, in my opinion. But, but isn't that know, how like far that. it goes when you have a group of political people coming together, sharing too many clear ideas that they didn't get on their own? That's not consciousness for me that the people are studying political agendas and saying the same thing. So then it's like, then it's, a, then it's fascism then. Then it's a group of people no. forcing other people to think differently based on using violence or threats. I mean, nobody's forcing you to think a certain way or even participate in that. All they're asking is at their event, follow some pre, you know, some, some pre-established Fol rules, rules on the anarchistic congress. Follow that. pre. And I mean, that makes sense. You're not in a public space there. Yes, it is an open event, but you're not in a public space there. And any group will have 
certain rules that help make it function and help make people feel welcomed and safe. So it means if you I know? get myself and up in that society, up in that political movement, so I next year are part of organizing the anarchistic congress, I can tell people what to do or not. I'm sorry. Repeat so that. If, if I was part, if I if I infiltrated the movement and get inside the anarchistic uh, movement, the anarchistic congress, the people who make the anarchistic congress, and a part of arranging it next year, I can have more uh, to say about making rules for other people. I mean, it's it, if you're part of the group organizing it, then yes, you would have some say in the rules that are established for it. So it is a way to organize anarchy. <laughs> I'm sorry. So there is a way to organize anarchy because I was so confused about that. Maybe I'm an uh, my, I'm the asshole here, no? Because I find it ridiculous that they make a, a thing saying how to organize anarchy because I don't believe you can organize humans to think think the same in any kind of in religion well, it's or not about politics. Organizing them to think the same. Anarchism is a not about people thinking the same. But the um, but as far as anarchism having order the circle a symbol of anarchism you know the the a within the circle that is actually that is the circle represents order um anarchism within order is what that symbol means and there was a popular anarchist uh newspaper for a while that um what was it um I'm trying to remember their slogan, but it had something to do with uh, uh, anarchism created from order. And I mean, that is that is a thing. It is not about chaos. It is about workers and the marginalized and just people in general horizontally, not hierarchically telling others what to do, but this horizontally coming together and deciding upon how to order society. Come together as equals rather than as superior and inferior. This sounds for me like a new age type of anarchy because I grew up with sex pistols and stuff and it was more about just like destruction. Well, sex pistols never understood anarchy as a political well, concept. But it was not a political, it was not a fucking political con anarchy. concept back then. It's been taken over by the political scene as a political strategy and then it's politics, not anarchy. Anarchy is not politics. That is completely ahistorical. Anarchism as a political movement has existed since the 1800s, long before... The Sex Pistols and all that even. I know that. Out. I know it was. Uh, they had never actually. The Sex Pistols rejected anarchism as a as a philosophy. The song "Anarchy in the UK" was not promoting anarchism. It was just using anarchy as a general "fuck you," which I mean, I'm all for it, but that's not what it actually means politically, and it never has. No, but it's impossible for me. That again, it's like the Church of No Religion. It's like uh, it's like yeah, using anarchy when the uh, concept of anarchy is no leadership or no government to make a political yeah, but no union. Leadership and no government doesn't mean no rules. Uh, like what? Even even. Like, so what is the government then? It's just like if you have your rules that you believe in and you call it anarchy, it's okay. But if other people do that, what they believe in and they call it anarchy, it would not be okay. So then it's following some kind of political structure that I have to believe in certain way of thinking to be taken serious as an anarchist in your political ideas. No, I mean, anarchism is not about conformity. It's about... It, it, it is about coming together horizontally to create society. And so it's, you know, 
just like in any friends group or any collective or anything like that, just like in y'all's communities that, you know, in your eco communities that y'all are establishing, there are still rules that are abided by, or, you know, if people misbehave and abuse people, they're likely kicked out or, you know, uh, uh, called out in some manner. And then is again the value of what is abuse of people, because if I was naked in front of someone someplace, I'm obviously abusing their private space or like putting trauma on them. But if I'm naked on a nudist beach, it's okay. If I'm like this in this environment, it's okay. If I'm saying that in another environment, I'm an asshole. So like, it depends yeah, so much. Different communities will have different roles. Why can't that just be me? No uniformity or conformity within anarchism. So every community having self-determination every community and every group of individuals will have different thing, different rules that they establish in their communities that you have to abide by out of respect for them if you wish to participate in their community. So, I'm a chaos anarchist, so I say, no, uh, fuck no. <laughs> so, I do uh, what I feel and I have to be responsible for my soul and my values in the end. And if I repeat someone else's shit and that ends up like shit, I have nothing. Then I will be like the person that followed Hitler blindly to, uh, and then later complaining about, yeah, but somebody told me to do it. I want consciousness. I want to know why the fuck I'm doing what I'm doing. Maybe I do a mistake sometimes. Maybe I step someone on the toes. Maybe I annoy someone or I hurt someone's emotions by by hating too much or something. Something I feel uh, people should have the right to be humans, to say yeah, wrong and things. People do have that right. And anarchism does not take away that right whatsoever. All it says is that you and whoever else is in your community get to you know, work together and decide what type of community that y'all wish to have. It's so self-determination for still sounds, everyone. Still sounds like communism. I'm not have nothing against communism. I'm just, um, but it still sounds like communism, not anarchy to me. I mean, it depends on, you know, it really depends on whether there's hierarchy and other people sitting above you telling you what to do versus you directly getting to participate in creating the rules and the society around you. But come on, like humans are not like that. Humans are like, uh, so sorry to say, but we are not conscious people that are totally self-aware right now. And what I see, then what I see that in these groups, it always gets someone on the top that pretends to not be, they say no leaders, no, but they do guide all the other people towards one direction of thinking anyway. And that's even more manipulating and disgusting when you pretend that you're so open-minded and that you let people speak, but actually you control them with that psychology. So what you're talking about is social capitalism and, you know, where you kind of consciously or not build up a level of, you know, social capital where people will listen to you and, you know, take your ideas more seriously than other people's in the group. And so therefore you have a certain sway over the group. That is dangerous. That is something that anarchists try and be conscious of and try to eradicate from their groups. That's not something that we like or value. That is something we are very much against. That is something that kind of happens organically sometimes, but it is something that we try to you know get away from at all costs so, so that a, is something that's very dangerous so i have a question so if you do respect other people's groups and their laws so if there is a fascist group you would respect their laws in their group or you still fight them 
Um, I mean, are they, are they trying to establish a state and are they trying to oppress other people or are they just living they're out just in the woods living and ignoring their wood people? and having their group and have their fascist ideas? If they're just, if they're just living out in the woods and, and ignoring people and not trying to press on others, I am one just to leave them be, period, and never associate with them. And I think that's how most anarchists would be. If they try to, you know, come into other communities and and press their shit among other people, yeah, that's something that we would very much be against. But even within fascist communities that establish themselves separately from everyone else, they are still forcing those type of values and rules on their kids in ways that are not consensual. Um, so there is kind of a question there of how much legitimacy that has. But, you know, whereas a lot of anarchist groups really do try, like youth liberation is something that is hugely important and allowing kids self-determination is hugely important to a lot of anarchists because we believe that every individual should have those rights. And what about uh, just a little bit you stay because we are sorry we, we're Scandinavians so we are a little bit like uh, innocent on some things where you're from the great the big America the big United States and we just see we, we just see it from the television and from one point of view and from the media we don't know what kind of information we get or something but I've seen that uh, the anarchistic movement especially the the Antifa has got kind of uh, bad reputations in the States for for attack violently people with the Trump t-shirt or pushing old people that is uh, Trump supporters and stuff like this. Is this true or is it gone that like from both sides? Because I also see like the Proud Boys and all these neo-fascist movements of America going around with guns and uh, threatening or being having a threatening attitude. Is it have they also done a lot of violent actions or is it mainly the the Antifa that has been lighting things on fire and beating people or because I don't know what kind of information we get here. So there is a lot of misinformation in general within our news media and that gets, you know, amplified and spread everywhere else. Um, but Antifa as a movement in the US formed long before it became something that we talked about that we're talking about mainstream now but it formed in the punk scene and it was because there was nazi punks coming in trashing venues threatening other punks with violence and things like that trying to drive out you know black people and other people of color from the punk scene trying to drive out queer folks from the punk scene and a lot of folks stood against that, stood against these Nazi punks coming in and trying to ruin things. And so that's kind of where Antifa started, was just a bunch of punks protecting their scene. Now, what you have now with the, you know, since the rise of Trump and the rise of, you know, actual fascist groups out in the streets you know, threatening violence and there's an uptick in hate crimes. There's, you know, there's just a lot more threat of actual fascist violence in the, you know, in our communities now. And so you had a lot more people joining the anti-fascist movement, a lot more people getting involved. Some of these people were not as educated on you know, anti-fascist tactics or 
are just itching to fight and things like that. So you do have some, you know, adventurists who just want to punch people and start fires and, you know, get in fights and things like that. But that has never been the bulk of the anti-fascist movement, even in the U.S. And a bulk of the anti-fascist movement is not trying to just beat up people for Trump, you know, for wearing Trump hats or Trump t-shirts. They're not even concerned with those people. They're concerned with actual white supremacists and fascists organizing and threatening people with violence. So anti-fascists are going after groups like the Proud Boys, the League of the South, Identity Europa, these type of groups that do go in and terrorize communities. So Antifa started as a defensive thing, and it still largely is defensive. But unfortunately, what you're seeing is a mixture of young kids who are new to the movement. And since the movement is leaderless and nobody tells you what to do, they take actions that a lot of anti-fascists do not agree with, but there's no way to stop them. So it's one of those things that it gives the movement a bad name and it sometimes hurts pe hurts people that should not, you know, be involved. Um, but at the same time, you're also seeing a lot of undercover cops infiltrating these protests, burning down buildings, fighting people, threatening people and giving these movements a bad name. A lot of these people doing that type of stuff are not tried and true hardcore anti-fascist organizers within the anarchist scene. They're either adventurous or they're infiltrators or they're cops. I've seen this in Berlin also. So uh, the, Berlin is uh, very, very famous for the riots and stuff. And it's been quieting down the last years. But uh, when they make the first of May uh, riots many times, it's uh, so many kids coming from the countryside. And that's why I guess they many times search for kids, especially when they put them in the military or war, that they do have a type of energy that very fast can explode. And if they don't have a, a more uh, kind of like uh, different ideas about their philosophy, it might end up very fast in, in violence. But it is people are angry at the society. So it's young people that can't get their uh, aggression out going to these uh, demonstrations and then uh, taking it out maybe in the wrong way. I still believe in the fight. No, I still believe, I still understand why it's been like this. But wh what I've seen is that the police abuse this. They do uh, infiltrate the movement. They do try to push the people to get violent. I've seen the police trying to provocate with purpose to make a riot. And the reason is that uh, in Berlin, they use it as a training camp. It's a great way for the police to see how the, the, the political movement are moving and which people that is the radical people in the movement to pick these people out. And it's all filmed and all controlled. So every year the police gets better because the political scene are repeating this as a kind of... Uh, Tradition, the traditional 1st of May riot that every year gives the police super good possibilities to do a, a direct in the moment training on how to control big groups of people. And it even gone so far that I, th I think I'm not sure, but I feel the energy of some of the like posters I've seen that has been uh, promoting different type of demonstrations. And I'm there was a couple of posters in the end of the Berlin time I lived there where I looked at the posters and I was 
I'm pretty sure the police made this. And I was like encouraging to revolution and anarchy, but in a kind of aggressive way. And the energy of the poster is like, this is not very the, what I usually have the feeling from the alternative political movement. And this would be a perfect thing to do, make these kind of rallies with that kind of focus and then see what kind of people are comes there and what they do to film it and control it. And then they also went to so far that they could start to say that the political movement is dangerous. We need to control their uh, telephones and their computers uh, and uh, have uh, see what they're doing. We need the insight in this. And they managed to push through a lot of laws that takes away liberty from people based on the actions of the political leftist scene. And that I find very sad. Uh, I think the leftist scene, especially in Berlin now, I don't know what's happening in, uh, in America and stuff, needs to... Uh, yeah, something the queer movement actually did, combining more art and fun and laughter with politics and not get it so hard and dangerous and strong and aggressive. Because uh, I think only through comedy and laughter we can uh, manage to to also also influence the people that is the big assholes, not push them away from us. Actually, make that fascist or that Nazi become nicer to learn empathy. And by pushing too much or being too aggressive, we push them away, and that's the people we actually would like to change. No, we wouldn't like to speak for the people who already believe in this. There, Google. I need some help. I read this tweet some days ago from Eric Sprankel. It says, sex positivity doesn't mean you have to attend to clown pegging parties. What is a clown pegging party? Well, I'm part of, you know, I'm part of a uh, group known as the Coalition of Armed Labor, which formed after the demise of a similar group known as Redneck Revolt. And they are a leftist gun club that specifically outreaches towards a lot of people that most of the rest of the anarchist movement doesn't outreach to the patriot militia types and a lot of right wingers who normally get ignored or you know worse threatened by you know younger anarchists or even older anarchists who don't understand that you can outreach to those people. You have to take different tactics, but you can outreach to those people. Be creative. So we go out, we go shooting with them. We have, you know, we build uh, uh, relationships that way. And you they start to realize that, hey, these anti-fascists, these anarchists, they're not as scary as we thought. And we get some of these groups to start you know, actually understanding what the Black Lives Matter movement is and, you know, things like that and actually teaching them about it, not necessarily trying to convert them to our politics, but just trying to, you know, just trying to drive out some of that hatred and turn their, you know, turn them away from attacking the most marginalized people in our society. And Google's answer is... Clown pegging parties is a party where female clowns are performing anal sex on a man by penetrating his anus with a strap on dildo. Yeah, because I, I think like the, the, the black life, now we mentioned that, I was just want to talk fast about it, the black life matter movement, I feel. I understand the total move. I understand I sympathize with the movement. It's a great movement. But at the same time, I do uh, understand uh, the reason why some... 
people thinking differently. I don't want to say if they're uneducated or more educated or stu more stupid or more smart or whatever, but some people see it differently. And I see the human ego get hurted by feeling that they are not important. <laughs> God, you don't see the point. I understand the point, but I think maybe the slogan was to like for people in the, the that fighted for this already and the people that they wanted to actually make more to understand that Black Lives Matters, they got pushed away by feeling, oh, we're not included. My ego got hurted. Sorry, just to say that in my philosophy, no humans matter, nature matters. In, if, in the, if in the end comes a volcano or a big tornado and takes all of you, it will take all of you, like black, white, transgender, gay, straight, whatever. You will all be wiped away in the same time. And in that moment, no life matters. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because people really think like some people who don't have experience with the Black Lives Matter movement, some of them really do think that it is only about black lives when that's so far from the truth. I mean, you've seen Black Lives Matter groups and protesters stand up in defense of white people who have been, you know, harassed and killed by the police as well. I mean, um, Ryan Whitaker in Phoenix, Arizona, answered his, you know, answered his door in the middle of the night, did not know there was cops, you know, that it was cops at his door because they didn't announce themselves. And they had been, you know, they had been getting people knocking at their door in the middle of the night and harassing them. So he answered the door with his gun and, you know, not aiming at anybody, not, you know, anything like that. He just had his gun in his hand just to be safe. And as soon as they answered, as soon as he answered the door, they saw his gun and they shot him. The police shot him. Now, this was a guy who was not part of the Black Lives Matter movement, who was not even a leftist. You know, he was your typical kind of run-of-the-mill right-wing conservative who wore like gun grunt t-shirts and stuff and the black lives matter movement thought his thought that the way the police handled that situation was completely unjust and they stood up for him i mean they will stand up for people regardless because at the end of the day even though they see these issues as affecting black people disproportionately they see it affecting all of us across racial lines as well. Like anybody that's poor and can't defend themselves in court is going to get fucked with more by the police. Yeah, exactly. It's about uh, injustice. Black Lives Matter uh, movement is actually about injustice. And uh, yeah, so the people who don't know that, it's not about if your life matters or, as I said, like no life matters, but uh, yeah, it's about justice. We need justice. We need uh, more uh, peace between everyone. Actually, as I said in another show, that this racism thing is about... Uh, uh, not accepting that we are all humans. We are all the human race. We are all homo sapiens. I can make a baby with any ethnic of the world and it would actually be better for nature. So in the end, uh, we, it, say racism is actually a racist term because it will be like, okay, racism is actually being bad to animals. They're like a humanist is believing that all humans are humans. We are all uh, homo sapiens. We can all love each other. We can all hug each other. We all need the same type of water, food, and type of temperature to survive. With so many things that makes us similar. 
that makes us the same animal in the end. And then uh, saying racism is actually indicating that there are different races of humans. It's like dogs have different races, but they don't judge each other. They actually try to fuck each other and have uh, babies together without judgment. Yeah. I mean, scientifically speaking, race is a social construct. It's not a scientific fact. It's something that exists due to our political structure. Race was invented as a means to subjugate some races, you know, and and put others above them. And so, you know, we do have to deal with the fact that these categories exist in our current society when trying to deal with the fact that racism exists and the fact that some communities are marginalized more based on the color of their skin. At the end of the day, the goal is to get to a post-racial society where those type of categorizations no longer are relevant. But it will take us a while to get there, unfortunately, with how much our society has based itself on those concepts. Yeah, and and use those concepts to oppress people. And especially complicated when we live in such a globalized world. Now I'm sitting talking to you in America, but I'm actually Scandinavian. I'm from Norway. We never had slaves in Norway like that. We had slaves. Uh, it's more like uh, the Sama people matters. We have the Sama people that got uh, uh, sterilized and tortured in the 40s and 50s, I guess. And before that also, so we have our uh, ethnic cleansing on our, we have our blood on our hands also, but in with different subjects, something that American culture know very little about. So it's this like trying to uh, create this, uh, this similar understanding of subjects that happens in the world but this didn't really affect us personally. You know, like, for example, the slavery of America is a, such a bigger subject than I can ever imagine. I never was in America. I never saw it. You can go to France, uh, where they actually did have slaves and uh, do have a little bit of the same feeling in some parts, the distance between white and black people based on tyranny and disconnection and torture long time ago that is not so long time ago that for sure will create more difficulties to forgive each other and to find way back for example that like okay not all male white people are assholes it's not in our genes it's not my dna it's not my testosterone it's my education and my stupidity that would make me an asshole so uh, we are all in the end so similar to each other but we're born in so many different like kind of upbringings possible to say the wrong thing or to act differently based on your culture. And also, we also have to have a little bit more, I think, like be a little bit more open, be a little bit more easygoing when it comes to talking internationally about political subjects. We will try to bring the world together. Yeah. And there is, unfortunately, especially amongst younger anarchists and younger leftists in general, kind of a tendency towards purity politics when it comes to dealing with bigotry um you know you say anything wrong and people will point you know call you out and you know jump down your throat and attack you for it whereas like really what we need to be doing instead of calling people out is calling people in explaining to them why hey what you just said was kind of bigoted in this way but not attacking them but educating them and offering knowledge 
And that's because a great. That's how we learn and grow. Exactly. That's the great thing with the being having differences is that we can learn from each other. If you eliminate all differences, you also can't test your philosophy. Sometimes I feel that if you get angry at someone who's not thinking like you, you are not sure about your statement. You are not totally feeling that the philosophy you're presenting is you. And therefore you kind of will get uh, feel like uh, provoked or nervous or stressed out by someone stepping on your ideals. But I think like people should work more with like being 100% sure in themselves and therefore never become angry or annoyed uh, when someone is stepping somehow on their ideals or what they think is right or wrong. It's like since like, or uh, as she say, anarchy was actually introduced to the world long time before punk rock and uh, was kind of Maybe. like an, uh, a political statement from the beginning. Maybe you just misunderstood anarchy from the beginning. Maybe you never understood it. No, I did check out what it means and it is no state and no government, so no upper power. Okay, what more can you say about that? If you say more about that, you're already talking politics. It just it's said no state and no... Yeah, but politics, in, in, it kind of put in that someone's telling you what's, uh, what is the right way to think or not. Uh, that's why I get to that anarchy can only for me be about self-awareness, self-consciousness. I mean, I understood it like this as well, but I can understand her point because if it only says it's no state and no government, it can still apply a lot of other things inside it, no? I know that uh, I've been uh, somehow feeling that anarchistic uh, movement uh, with many people that call themselves anarchists are up their own ass and uh, kind of are fighting to, to silence and control other agendas, other ways of thinking because they don't like it. And uh, I've seen that anarchistic movement can be violent, something the fascist movement can be also, and they're doing the same. And then I'm like, okay, this is politics. You all suck. You all suck. None of you matter. You all think you matter so much, but please study Buddhism a little bit and find out that your ego is your enemy. And believing that you know <laughs> is just uh, showing your limitation as a human being. Well, I think self-defense is totally okay. Uh, and I do believe, also, I always found it funny with destruction of the modern society, but that was when I was a kid. Now I'm like, okay, fuck all police, like all cops are bastards. Yeah, all humans are bastards. But I also know there's a lot of other assholes than just police. And uh, I actually got help from police sometimes when people wanted to beat me up in big groups and actually the police helped me. So if the police would have been not racistic and not uh, uh, judgeful towards like drug users and prostitutes and other people that already are struggling in society, they could kind of been like our bigger brother that come and helped us when there was another asshole who wanted to kill you or beat you up or, or kidnap your girlfriend and rape her or whatever. You actually have someone that can help you and before society has dealed with that and got all those assholes away I'm like mm, maybe police in the if they were right like in Holland for example the police is more like oh where uh, is the way to the next uh, coffee shop and they were like oh it's the, that way they were well, like they're like a service personnel well it's a very small country with very little social issues police that don't shoot you for the, the smallest little detail and uh, and uh, suppress you for any kind of thing would kind of be like a good friend in the right moment but uh, in America, where everyone has a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of complicated. I do understand that we need to defend ourselves. I don't know. What do you think about guns, Leona? What is your idea about that? Because like, it would be anarchy to be able to have a gun. 
uh, also. But at the same time, I see that human consciousness, our ability to take responsibility makes us abuse that very fast. And people with low self-esteem or something can, might get very fast afraid and then shoot someone in the face. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, was that funny? Was that anarchy? Uh, and then the police comes and then they shoot the wrong person and they shoot a black person and black life matters and then all shit is happening. It's like all well, this like violent stuff it, it seems to just it doesn't matter where it started, always like ends up with total chaos. You're tired of feeling threatened in any kind of situation. You are tired of getting in political fights and uh, destroying the friendship with your close friends. You're afraid of getting beaten up by having a black life, mother, mouth protection, or wearing your favorite Make America Great Trump t-shirt, or having an anti-fascist or anarchist t-shirt. You're afraid of judgment. Take your advice from your friendly Scandinavians. Sweden is famous for being neutral. Neutral is not taking side of anyone, staying in peace with everyone. Stay neutral. Go to Bipolar Circle's website and buy a neutral t-shirt today. Why make fights when you can be neutral? Why make discussions? Go neutral. I mean, I don't like guns personally, but I mean, I have a hard time to say you should forbid things. I'm, I think people have to learn. We have to learn to take responsibility. Maybe be nicer, be more tolerant. Um, and don't shoot people in the face if you are afraid. You don't want to shoot that person in the face, but rather want to have an interesting discussion based on equality and understanding and similarities instead of religion and politics. Go neutral. Go neutral today and get more peace in your life. Do you think this, uh, our friend, uh, that means you just dropped us out because we asked you childish questions about anarchy or no, we're not taking I it serious no, enough? No, I think the screen was fucking with her because first it was turning around and then she tried to fix it and then she disappeared. So yeah, I think it was technical problems. We, we, we are Scandinavians. So we're I, well, did you notice that she was naked on our, sh on our show? She was naked? I think so. I didn't see that. You could not see it because it was very hidden, but because the camera was cutting. But I think I saw a nipple one time. Wow. I didn't see that. I, 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 I kind of uh, have been traumatized by sexualities. I try to oversee things that has to do with bodies and almost can't see face of people. It's just too human for me after working with the human body for 15 years and I kind of need a break. I guess it's the same like with doctors and stuff. You get kind of like a a too natural relationship to the body and then you're just like okay uh, you're not looking for those details okay so again logan maria glitterbomb from the green marketing agorist refuse reduce repair reuse repurpose recycle rebel also part of the center for stateless society and according to um, logan maria glitterbomb Stateless society does not mean that you have to get panic. It does not mean that everything will break down. Don't be worried. I, I, I think it sounds like a clever way to change the power from one way to another because I see that in politics now that politics is not, for me, it's not a 
it's a line, it's a circle. So the socialist movement and the fascist movement, if they start to say that this is the only right way, people will end up uh, in concentration camps and killed uh, just for that. So like, yeah, no stateless, uh, it's, it's a stateless society, but with uh, the right group of people that know what a stateless society is controlling those uh, stateless societies in the right way, sounds like another way of power for me. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. No, no, we're, we're happy that we're back. We thought we, we scared you away. You, you hear us now? No. Yeah, no, it, uh, uh, I don't know why it cut off the way that it did. Um, it was your computer. So. Your computer went off. Okay, but then we thought uh, now you can talk a little bit about your future projects. And you were uh, making some kind of anarchistic uh, event or some future projects that you are making. Um, yes, I am currently helping to organize a Mardi Gras festival. Um, for those unfamiliar with Mardi Gras, I mean, it's the carnival season. Very Catholic holiday in origins, but has expanded since then to be more of a secular celebration in Louisiana and the surrounding areas. I am part of this group called coup de main which mean which is cajun french for lend a hand and coup de main is a land project that we are working on an intentional community in saint tammany parish louisiana as part of it we formed a mardi gras crew called crew de main and we are throwing, we started our festival last year, and this is this coming February will be our second annual celebration. It is known as Coup de Gras, and it is kind of a mix between an anarchist book fair and a traditional Mardi Gras festival. But this so, will be online. Yes, this year will be digital, mainly due to the pandemic and a lot of the travel restrictions here in the U.S. You know, just to keep everyone safe and also allow a greater attendance, we decided to go digital this year. And it will be um, three days. of It's from February 12th to February 16th, which the 16th is Mardi Gras Day um the that weekend the 12th through the 14th will be three days of uh panels anarchist book fair style so we're going to have different presentations and um debates discussions film showings podcasts uh folks can participate in and then that monday lundi gras the 15th of February, we will have an open mic art day and anybody can participate in that and anybody can participate in, you know, creating panels and stuff for the other days. We're hoping to have a lot of skill shares and people sharing, you know, different organizing tactics and tips and people talking about different subjects. But yes, Monday will be an open mic art day. Anybody can participate, share any type of art that they wish to share. And then Tuesday, since we can't host an actual Mardi Gras ball, we are going to do an online cabaret. Wow. And we will have um, comedy, music, burlesque, 
and you know a little bit of everything we've got um comedian jake flores who some people may know from his uh stuff on comedy central and other um platforms as well as he, he hosts the pod damn america podcast and so i mean he's going to be one of our headlining comedians we got joey thibodeau and some others from comedy for lizard people um some of the burlesque performers that we have are phoenix midnight uh, my friend aqua we have a performer named Dakery out of uh, New Orleans and a few others. Um, we're trying to see about possibly getting some drag performers. And it's it's just going to be a fun celebration. We've got Evan Greer, the folk musician, is going to come provide some music. We've got, you know, a bunch of different guests, including Vermin Supreme, the satirical presidential candidate. Um, who's an amazing anarchist and a friend of ours. Um, we actually had the uh, honor of hosting him last year and bringing him to New Orleans for Mardi Gras and got had a wonderful experience doing a bunch of LSD and running around in the middle of the parades with Vermin Supreme. And um, so we're really hoping to do the best we can at recreating the vibe we had last year in person, but making it something even bigger that even more people can join in on online. And then hopefully turning it in back into a in-person event in 2022. I'm super excited. You know, different people selling different things that they find, you know, different worker collectives and cooperatives selling different, different things that, you know, I'm going to be selling a bunch of uh, homemade health beauty and cleaning products that I make, um, you know, all very eco-conscious and, you know, made out of different herbs and such. And it'll be a lot of fun. I'm the, definitely looking forward to it. The Mardi Gras, the Mardi Gras, is, it, that's the famous painted tit festival, no? Yeah, I mean that is definitely. So we have uh, to be for, for Forest need to get like a big amount of t painted tits from this Mardi Gras event. Uh, that would, <laughs> I think, that's our focus. Because because of internet now no, everything will be on the internet. There will not be any dancing painted tits like in live. So we need to have a place to to place all those great uh, expressions from Mardi Gras, and then maybe Fuck for Forest would be a good place to to showcase that. I can Absolutely. paint my tits. Yeah, you can paint your tits. I can paint my tits also. <laughs> my, my tits are hairy. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah, and I mean, if you all want to participate, I mean. Uh, uh, having y'all as a vendor, having y'all maybe host a panel on on the work that y'all do environmental-wise. Um, you know, maybe even if y'all want to participate in the cabaret and do some burlesque or something, you know, have fun with it. Come join us. Well, yeah, me and Leona used, before we ended up as farmers here in Mexico, to be kind of like erotic performance artists, something that is kind of, yeah, now we may be just like planting plants, something that is not so interesting for you people out there, but maybe we can get back and present something funny for that festival. Me and Leona can put our brains on some sexy steroids and try to uh, 
uh, invent some kind of funny expressions for that event. That would be cool. And, oh, believe me, people love hearing about gardening too. I mean, that's a major aspect for a lot of anarchists. Is you know that type of self-sufficiency. So, so we definitely will have people talking about things like permaculture and things like that. I'm sure of it. So we will find a way so, to I mean, to that's... combine that, like to make some orgasmic uh, permaculture ideas. And uh, it's um, it, what you talked about, like a lot of comedians and stuff. Is anarchy really that funny? Uh, I mean, it, it definitely can be. Um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Jake Flores does a lot of very leftist comedy and and definitely hangs out in the anarchist scene a lot and. You know, we have uh, a lot of my friends at Comedy for Lizard People are part of various anarchists and leftist groups. I mean, anybody from any point of view can can find humor, whether it's in the politics or otherwise. I mean, it, it's humor is a wonderful thing and yeah, it's a it needed is, thing. Humor is important, but many times, for example, I, I haven't heard too many good jokes from Christian communities because they many times are afraid of joking with stuff that is like a little bit controversial and stuff. And now I'm suddenly afraid that anar no anarchistic movement, I mean, would be the same. They would be like, no, you can't joke. Oh, no, that's not. You can joke with nothing because you will hurt someone's feelings or you will offend them or you will make like people like suddenly like, oh, no, it was actually a joke. No, that was hate speech. No, it was a joke. Well, I mean, we tend not to want to punch down at people in comedy, but there's plenty of comedy that punches up at systems of power. There's plenty of comedy that jokes about tough subjects from the point of view of, you know, marginalized communities. You can have jokes without being bigoted. You know, there's no need to, to just go around and be offensive for the sake of being offensive, but also like... You know, unless it all depends on who you're offending too. If you're offending people in power, why? That's always been what anarchism so, has been about. But why? But someone in power also have human emotions and might get hurt at their feelings. Like if suddenly a big yeah, group, of, especially when a big group. Yeah, but they like. Yeah, but they're. Why can't I make fun about like that poor woman on the street that don't have money and is starving to death? But why would you want to? <laughs> For fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's. Are we making fun of her for being poor? Are we making fun of her for not having resources? Because that just seems like we're rubbing in, you know, the the way that that just seems like we're reveling in her in her misfortune. Yeah, but if I make fun about oppression. that power guy, then it's like, uh, yeah, maybe he also didn't want to be there. Maybe he got like forced by his parents to study politics or lawyer or shit or something. And he's actually really sad. He's like, oh, fuck, I hate this being in power. I just, I just fucking ended up here. Like, like Bush, for example, that his father was in politics before. Like Bush was like Bush, Papa Bush. And then it's like little baby Bush later. And he's like, fuck, I don't want to have this power. I'm actually a total idiot. Uh, so I just shouldn't yeah, be here. You're not making fun of them for being oppressed or downtrodden. You're making fun of them for exercising power over others and making them miserable. There's a huge difference there. Yeah, this, it depends on the, but, uh, what you find. You know, Preference I of comedy, I guess. That you, I don't know any subject you can't joke about. It's all about how you joke about it. Exactly. It's a, it's a kind of art form to make the right uh, joke in the right moment, I guess. Thank you so much for coming to Bipolar Circle, and uh, we hope you will have a great uh, continuous anarchistic birthday. 
Happy birthday! <laughs> Have a great anarchistic birthday! Like, I don't know, connect to other people and talk, make them brainwashed with your anarchistic ideas or go totally crazy on the world and riot! It's up to you, it's like, it's the two, it's the anarchy of confusion and chaos and it's the anarchy of politics. I guess it's two different types of anarchy out there. You said you also had those friends, no? Some friends that is not, not so much into political unions and cooperation and stuff, but they're still considered anarchists. Yeah, I mean, it's anarchists take many different forms. Right, so I feel like I can still maybe call myself an anarchist, even if you put down a lot of my, educated me on a lot of my terms and ideas about what anarchist, anarchism was and made me understand it's a little bit bigger and people think differently. So maybe nude bodies matter. I will say nude bodies matter and uh, naked people shouldn't be discriminated and picked on. I think that's the thing. You say that I'm offending people, but I think people offending me by not like, letting me be naked like a baby. A baby can be <laughs> naked, but if I get uh, older, then I'm suddenly offensive. And like a baby can suck on a tit, but if I suck on a tit in a public place, okay, you live in America, so there. I think you. I don't know how the rules are there. I know you had prohibition against public breastfeeding in some states. Is that still yeah, existing? Yeah, that's completely ridiculous. And honestly, I think in America that we do have a weird relationship with nudity in general that I don't quite understand why. You know, it is something that is natural. And in a lot of other countries, you don't see the same social mores against nudity. I mean, in a lot of European places, I mean, going topless or things like that is way more common. So I really don't understand why it's such a huge deal in America. In Berlin, for example, you're allowed to sunbathe uh, naked in most of the public parks. And there they see offense as if you go over to someone and refuse to go when they say go, or you touch someone against their will. That's considered an offense. While being naked, if someone's like, I don't want to see a naked person, well... Okay, but it's, sorry, can't say, oh, sorry, my emotions are hurted, or I got offended by that. It's it's not considered offensive. So then I see that it is something about the social programming, and I know that uh, gay people, transsexual people, women rights, all had to offend people to get their uh, ideas through. There were actually gay people getting killed for just being uh -huh. gay or just kissing publicly on the street that was f forbidden in many places in the world before and would be seen as a co uh, overstep of other people's personal freedom to uh, be, have to see that perverted thing of two guys kissing. So that's the same with nudity. If you find like that disgusting human naked body, then maybe you have a problem with nature and uh, you should work with your uh, levels of maybe not getting offended by that in an extremely offending world where we destroy nature, uh, create pollution, destroy our water, our air, and are extremely evil and uh, sadistic to animals and each other. Yeah. Were you naked during the interview? Yeah. Okay. Leona said. <laughs> Leona said that uh, I didn't. I didn't notice it. But we were talking about it when you went off to be more like uh, sexy for us. Maybe you can think about if you have some 
uh, people like friends or something or and yourself that is interested in activism and find fuck for forest interesting we need help to make it more available for people and we want more expressions on the website like expressing ideas about anarchy or politics or whatever so if you want to have your own blog on the fuck for forest website where you express anarchy or your ideas about transsexuality or whatever you want or you have artist friends or sexual liberators that would have something to say. Uh, it would be so great for us to get some help with people that know a little bit more than we do because we are kind of like perverted freaks in the end and are not so <laughs> interested in religion and politics and shit like this. So we would like to have more religion and politics on our website. We would be so happy hey. to have you on the website. You said that you made some porn or made some naked stuff or some erotic stuff before. If yeah. you have, if you have stuff lying around, please send it to us. And I mean, I love it. I definitely admire the work that y'all do, which is why I reached out in the first place. And I mean, you say you're not interested in politics, but your project is inherently political. Let's call it conscious work. Let's call it like we're doing like this, like uh, investigation on native societies and ayahuasca and taking psychedelics. And that's how we learn our way of seeing the world, not on the course of politics in a in an institutionalized, sterile environment, learning about anarchy. I think we're learning about anarchy. Nature is anarchy. You can't tell nature a shit. Nature, like to believe that we can even <laughs> save nature is such an egocentric idea. We are nature. We can only reshape it. We can make shit on it and it will grow back again. So it's like the idea yeah. of protecting nature is a very egocentric idea, actually. <laughs> it's, a, it's a call out now to all activists and anarchists, witches and magical people out there to come and make uh, manzana podrida. That means the rotten apple that we have here in Mexico. It's over 150 hectares of uh, forest uh, with this fertile soil and river systems that we want to make into a creative activist space, an alternative school for teaching young people art uh, and activism. Please uh, send us an email. We are so we are so childish and stupid. We are we are able to do something, but we can't without uh, people that have a little bit more uh, background in organization and education. We to, can't organize things. We are very bad organizers. As is, again, we are totally chaotic. Well, that's what I do. Is I organize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then you know you have a space, you can come and visit us anytime you want, because we just made this to have something to offer for other people. Horrible <laughs> organizers. Where to access the change point? No, I mean, I would definitely love to come down and visit y'all and, you know, I'll help y'all organize and y'all can uh, uh, teach me the ins and outs and help make some awesome porn. Yeah, it sounds great, man. Okay, so tell, tell us a little bit about how to get involved in this Mardi Gras. And it's a, it's a Zoom-based or? Uh, most likely we're trying to possibly get a better platform just because people have some security concerns with Zoom. The anarchistic yeah. para paranoia <laughs> that you get looked well, like yeah. government is looking at everything you're doing all the time. And they probably do, but I'm, I got to this, like, I want the government to see what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, I'm here, mas <laughs> I'm here masturbating now. Look at me. I'm like trying to get them to catch me. I, I, I would like them to see me. Yeah, and it's bugged and yeah. controlled and recorded uh, from all directions. So, so the lock the lockdown is like super bad now in uh, in uh, America, or? Well, because a lot of people aren't actually taking the virus seriously. 
I'm I'm um, one of those people who don't take the virus seriously because I want I'm more like I'm a more primitivist and I believe nature sometimes should just kill off a lot of humans and I'm a little bit disappointed that it's so weak. So it just kills like old people mostly. And that's sad because oh, like uh, I know have friends that died from it and it's sad when people die, but it's like still still it's not that dangerous, is it? I mean, we're seeing you know, death rates of you know, several thousand people, you know. It, it's pretty nasty and it is definitely something that I have had a lot of friends get sick from it and you know there have been a lot of people that have died from it and you know will we bounce back? Sure but uh, there are ways, there are precautions that we can take without completely curbing our way of life yeah. but there are basic, very basic precautions we can take that would help curb the spread, yet people don't want to take those precautions. And so we have these spikes in, you know, in infection rates that our government just decides to respond to by locking us all down because they can't get people to voluntarily take care of each other. What I'm what I'm seeing, like, because our polars, uh, because I'm from Norway, so I know the polars are melting. I just want to say that the polars are melting, and uh, if everyone would be as concerned about the environment as they are about corona right now, we might be able to do something, and we might even be able to stop other diseases in the future by making the ecosystem work better for us and make us more healthy. So we are resistant against viruses and bacteria in the future. Now it like, doesn't matter if we manage to fix the corona situation if we don't have any planet to live on after. And I find it so funny to see that the humans are able to mobilize when they get like afraid of their own life and their own family, but can't see that in, a, in an idea about that. Yeah, but if we destroy the planet, our family and our life is over also. It would have been so beautiful if humanity was able to mobilize themselves in such a strong way towards ecology as they did towards Corona. It really would. And people don't realize that us clear-cutting forests and destroying the natural habitats of various animals is what drives us what drives us to have more close contact with those animals in an un, you know in a way that we wouldn't normally and you know whereas having contact with animals is nice when you're in a lot closer quarters because you're destroying those habitats so those animals are you know interacting with you more and more you're more apt to spread diseases that wouldn't have been spread before because you would have had more distance between you and those animals and dealing with exposure to things that they hadn't dealt with before. Environmental destruction is the reason we're dealing with this pandemic, but a lot of people don't seem to realize that and don't want to take the steps that we're taking to deal with coronavirus to their logical conclusion and help the environment. I just want to say, uh, whole, your whole family and you will die horribly because of ecological destruction. So please do the same. Let's more. 
It's a bigger uh, threat than the coronavirus. It's time to unify and drop all our differences because we have one thing to, to commonly work for. Like humanity didn't have so much commonly things to work for before as now. And that's like taking care of the planet because it's a global thing and we all need it. Yeah, human rights are good. We should fight for justice and for right for each other. But I think... Do we have the right to ask for more justice now when animals and plants have no rights? Isn't it in an empathic, like a real empathic human with a deep empathic relationship to the world around them would start with who's suppressed most? And what's suppressed most now is animal and plant lives and our whole planet. And when we have made rights for that, we can start to talk about our rights again. But right now, I don't feel humans even have the right to live on our planet because we don't respect it. I can definitely see that point of view, and I don't entirely disagree with it. We need to treat our Earth with a lot more respect. We're destroying our own environment, and we're making it impossible for us to live on this Earth. And even worse, we're taking several creatures with us. It would be one thing if we were only killing ourselves. Yeah, that's the that's what humans did before. Before humans always were assholes. We always made war. Well, something that has been uh, good in the way of actually getting population down, or else we would be even more assholes now. Not that I'm saying war is good, but I'm also seeing too much humans seems to, with the consciousness level we have now, not be able to take care of our environment. And I think it's really important to 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 see nature as part of us and realize that uh, if we don't have empathy for animals and plants the empathy we show to our fo fellow creatures might be uh, corrupted by uh, that we are not having a deeper uh, empathic relationship to, to the things that is not directly our species. Uh, I get a little bit pissed when I see that ecological organizations need to advertise it like that. For example, the Rainforest Fund Foundation in Norway advertised like the rainforest is burning, the rainforest is dying. There are maybe the riddle uh, that can solve the AIDS uh, riddle is in the rainforest. Please help to not uh, burn down the apotheque of humanity. And it's like, okay, so we should just take care of the rainforest for humans. So we should have our medicine. Okay, it's a good, yeah, the medicine is there. But what about all the animals and plants that live there? And I understand why the Rainforest Foundation say that. It's because they are appealing to the human ego that you need this but if we as a humankind can't feel empathy for the plants and the nature in itself, I think it will just go into this connection to nature again. So I think it's really important that humans create animal empathy and, uh, and empathy for the plants and, and nature around you also. And not just work with uh, respecting humans and showing empathy for human beings. That is kind of easy, easier to understand. But uh, if we destroy our planet in the end, we destroy for all those people that we pretend to have empathy for. If I have empathy for the poor woman on the street or Black Lives Matters or other people struggling in some, some ways that I should have. But uh, if I don't have empathy for the planet, in the end, that doesn't matter because we will all die. And then I didn't really have empathy for anything. So we have to start with the basic. Yeah. I think it all it all intersects, you know, all, all forms of oppression that humans face, that animals face, it all intersects. And environmentalism is kind of the crux of it all in saving our societies because we won't be able to worry about human rights or animal rights if we kill ourselves off. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an old punk kid who lived in squat houses and... 
everything else. I can survive. <laughs> I've lived out in the woods. I've, lived, I've done it all. So how is it with like free food hunting? How is that in America? You can go in, you can go in the trash because we survived like that in Berlin when we lived there. We had the forest community was that we many times went to the container or a project that organized it and got free food. Do you have that in America also or? Um, yeah, some places definitely have laws against it, but Gainesville specifically is actually really good about not messing with dumpster divers. So we're pretty free over here just to raid whatever dumpsters we wish. As long as we're not making a huge mess out of it, most stores don't seem to mind. Some store owners get become assholes about it and, you know, they'll try and like, throw bleach on the you know in their dumpsters or some other shit to that's incredible with you, that's very no? rare. putting glass and stuff they did in france and the, was forbidden there also for a time in berlin it's a kind of the encouraged to go and get the trash because i learned well, i learned when i was a kid that you don't throw away food and if you go in same. the trash bins of the modern society and you see all that great food that is thrown away and they say it's forbidden to pick it it can make a punk heart pretty angry. Yeah, no, I mean, I first got involved with anarchist organizing through helping with Food Not Bombs. And, you know, we dumpster dive and cook food out of what we dumpster dive and serve it to houseless and hungry people. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that that was some of my first exposure to anarchist communities was dumpster diving. That's a beautiful yeah. thing to do because uh, throwing food away should be a curse for the people who do it in a in a world where people are starving. And especially when people are starving just like a block away from where the food is thrown away, it gets even more abstract. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think food waste is, I mean, it's just indicative of how we treat our environment in general. <laughs> it's It really is. Yeah, yeah, it's just showing... The beautiful respect humanity has for resources and nature and what we can get out of it. Somehow the modern society, the industrialized, the capitalistic society has tricked people to think that they're, they can just go and buy things whenever they want. And that's how it seems like. It looks like that until that infrastructure breaks down. And none of you know how to even grow like a house plant or give water enough to just one flower. And then you will see how survival is. Kind of, and it's, it's, it's built on such a lie that can break down at any moment. And then it's like, okay, uh, where's the next restaurant? I will use my app on my phone to find it. But no, it's sorry, it's not existing. That's when I got afraid of living in the modern world of uh, of Europe and decided to make a, a sustainable project here in the mountain of Mexico, where I know like, okay, here at least I can grow some stuff. If I'm stuck in a society and the modern society's infrastructure will break down, in the time now where you, the young generation is so intelligent about survival, uh, people have to eat each other then. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how, we, how much we waste and how much we mistreat our environment. We have people coming and staying there, but none of us want to tell people what to do. Like, yeah, it's more <laughs> like, okay, if you want to help, yeah, help, but we are not very good telling people like, oh, it would be cool if you did this. 
You know, it's it's definitely an impulse that I completely understand and I'm about that myself. But at the same time, having worked in a number of groups, I know ways to encourage people and things like that. You know, it's a matter of not telling people what to do, but figuring out what they want to do and encouraging them to do it. Yeah, exactly. But we haven't been so good in this part. Our problem. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't like helping fix up land and, you know, organize environmental stuff while also getting to hang out with amazing people and make great porn? <laughs> exactly. That's what we thought also. But we are really bad. When That was interesting for us to talk to you about anarchy also. is like we, we are too anarchistic sometimes about uh, not... Uh, because we realize that sometimes people need... Uh, rules not only for keeping them not doing shit but actually to make them more creative and actually follow up things some people need structure and I am not a structured person and I don't like to tell people what to do I don't like I like I like people to figure out themselves what to do something after five years trying to make this ecological center we realize that is not how human beings are working but I'm still not that kind of person that can be that kind of person organizing people and get people because I see I have a friend that is like a uh, she's a child now she's a veterinary that lives close to us and she gets all her volunteers to do exactly what she wants and she's not being a fascist about it she's just good talking are, to people and they are happy they are happy if i try to get people to do stuff they just attack me they're just like something i'm the asshole i'm the problem i don't know how to talk to i don't know human psychology when it comes to group or or like teamwork i think yeah, yeah, we have a lot of friends in Fuck for Forest that was part of the the more political part of the anarchist movement of uh, of Berlin. While we many times got criticized for always being Fuck for Forest oriented, people would be like, why are you on the anti-fascist demo with your Fuck for Forest poster? You only care about your project. But we're like, we thought Fuck for Forest was an anti-fascist statement, you know, like just us. Just us being us is an anti-fascist statement. But because we don't say like, oh, fuck fascism, or have like a poster with like, no fascism or something, people got angry at us because we were too self-centered about our mission or something like that. Well, it is one thing that the more you participate in the wider movement, the more the wider movement will participate in your project. Yeah, it's maybe And so true. that there is some... You know, there is some merit to that, that people are more willing to help you if you help them in that way. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just a matter of sitting down and talking to people and organizing that way. Yeah, you can talk about that so much as you want, but it will still not make me a good organizer, I think. I think you can go send me to a million courses. People have tried to make me organize since I was a kid. It's just like, I'm, I I don't think I'm that kind of person. I feel, I feel like stressed out by trying to organize shit. I have no problem. I was doing theater for many years. I have no problem being part of a group if other people organize it. It's not like I'm against organization or if I believe in the idea, I have no problem that other people organize it. I just don't li like to be that person. Something I see here also with Manzana Podrida doing this center that you always like, you become like the complaint center kind of. If some things don't work out or if things are not like the people expected or something, you kind of, uh, you are like, like uh, have to take all the complaints and take all the, the conflicts and get people to figure out between each other. And I think I'm too hyperactive, basically. <laughs> I'm too fast. Like, ah! Okay, but I'm, like, I'm just freaking out too easy. I can I can pull an event together. I can pull, you know, I can pull projects together and do things like that. So I mean, that's erratic and spontaneous. And 
Okay. <laughs> you know, not very organized in my day to day life, but I am good at organizing in communities. Okay, 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 good. So yeah, so please, uh, yeah, when you get yourself organized, <laughs> then uh, you're welcome to come here. If in nudity, if someone I get offended by it, okay, how? How did you get offended? Will you not be able to sleep at night? Will you have nightmares? It destroyed your psychology. You have to go to psychiatrist now because you saw a naked person. Okay, if it's just that you felt uncomfortable with it, maybe that's not enough to stop other people from acting like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's something that various people will have different opinions about. For sure, um, for sure, for but sure. I mean, it's something that we should you know, work towards getting people more comfortable with the, with that idea. Yeah. But, you know, it's all about how we work towards that. No, it's like that and it's anarchy. And that's the final word here on our uh, radio show. Our bipolar podcast is now over. Thank you, anarchy, and uh, have a great anarchistic birthday. Happy birthday. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, after listening to this, I think maybe I don't identify as being an anarchist totally. Maybe I have some parts of it, but maybe I feel more like a annoying person, like just an, a stubborn, annoying person. Maybe like, I don't know, wild at heart, without the rebel, without a cause, something like that. And it's like putting it less into like, uh, it's more room for, for development and analyzation in it. Yeah, I, I'm also slightly confused of this. My illusion got broken. Um. I all the time knew that anarchy came from a kind of political structure in the beginning, but then I later thought that it kind of developed more and more away from political structures, that it was more about figuring things out on your own, uh, somehow like kind of consciousness that or maybe that was my uh, analysis of anarchy. I don't know. I had a similar idea of anarchy, though. So, I mean, I guess we are more of us that are a little bit confused about what actually anarchy was, because I also thought it was more like a philosophy idea that everybody has to work with themselves and learn and have create a society together, but still <coughs> with no real system like with a ruler, because I think in the way that this form of anarchy with a circle around is still a system. Yeah, well, okay. So for me, it was always just, uh, I thought it had something to do with my way of my freedom to express myself, to, to to ask someone to fuck off if what they're saying uh, is stupid and that uh, people can just not like expect to be respected uh, without doing anything to deserve that respect. And I did experience that up now in our little mountain paradise where I met uh, a friend that took care of our place. And I thought he was a little bit uh, lazy. So I did say that uh, in a funny, in a jokeful matter, joked what, that he was lazy. He felt that was uh, passive aggression. And he actually said that he threatened me with bees, with hitting me. And he said like, yeah, he felt the same with that I bullied him with being lazy, like I felt uh, about getting threatened, about getting hitten. And I'm like, okay, you're getting a little bit too emotional here, or uh, is this the new type of politics? Did you bully him? Uh, I made jokes. I joked. Jokes, but you kind of meant it. 
Yeah, but I think uh, sometimes you actually have to say what you kind of mean, and I think it's like a weird uh, turning point if we can't have a, like a fiery uh, a, a kind of discussion with each other and later just be, ah, oh, okay, we're friends, even if it was a funny, fiery discussion, and not just start to fist fight each other just because we don't agree on something, because we feel our uh, ego or personal emotions are hurted. I think it's very important that everybody should have their own opinions on things, not just go along with things just because they are afraid of this kind of confrontation. Yeah, so anarchist or not, if you're out there and listening, stand for what you believe in. And sometimes people need to be challenged and being too polite and too, too careful with, uh, with not stepping on other people's opinions might also let idiots just continue talking forever and that gets so fucking tired in your ears from that like stop that bitching fucking shut up uh, and if people can't handle that okay maybe violence is the answer hit back i mean i think violence are used when in self-defense and i don't think when somebody's verbally abusing you abusing you is a reason for then you can go away separate Leave. I mean, if it's a bully situation, if you're in a working space and people are harassing you constantly, it's a different thing. But if you have actually are saying something constructive, even if it's hurting your ego, it should be allowed because this is how the world continues developing. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, so yeah, great development, I will say. Amazing, we are managed as a humankind to get to the final development of destroying our planet totally and then being way too emotional about our personal opinions and how people should see us while animals and plants are dying every day and will not come back because it was like they got extinct from our behavior and we shouldn't give a shit about that. We should feel... Poor me, um, a victimized human being that well, like fucking tortured our planet to death. I mean, that is a violent act that we are extincting animals. Actually, the animals have a right to defend themselves. They have at least should have a right to say, fuck you, humans, if they got a voice to say that. And until that, I want to be that voice. So fuck you, humans, for destroying our planet. And uh, I don't give a shit if it's anarchy or not. It's, it feels good to say it. So until uh, me and Leona might find redemption uh, with a possible god or we get killed by someone who got annoyed by us, have a great uh, chaotic anarchistic birthday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday.